0: Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin, your hostess with the mostest on the Wedding Dish Podcast and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. Before we get started, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you definitely need to check it out. It's all about dress fitting and the dress fitting appointments with Kevin Elizabeth, who um, is from The White Flower in San Diego. Lovely, super fun episode. And thank you all for tuning into The Wedding Dish today. We are dishing with a recently married human and entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being on The Wedding Dish today, Emily Foster Keller. (laughs) Hi! Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to have you here today. You are one of those people that I could just talk to all day. Yeah, I know. We've already been talking for a long time. So I know. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm excited to hear about your wedding because I don't know anything about it, um, which very much excites me. So, to give you all the Wedding Dish listeners uh, a little bit of background. Today we are dishing about couples creating a list of what's most important and throwing out some of those standard wedding industry things that you have to do, in quotation marks here, um, so that you can plan a debt-free wedding. There's a lot of like have um, in the wedding space from you get from your friends, from your research, all the things. And today we're talking about how you can toss those. So let's get into it. <laughs> Um so first tell us a little bit about your wedding when and where did you get married Yeah um so we got married at a restaurant it wasn't
1: actually inside a restaurant though but it was called Riverview restaurant um so they have like one side of this highway is essentially their restaurant and then the other side is like um, grounds with gardens. Um, and we got married August 13th, 2022. Um, and it's actually, I don't know if you've heard of it or if listeners will know, but if you've ever bought like Yoshida's sauce from Costco, it's like teriyaki, um, sauce that you can like, uh, kind of use as like different coats for like chicken and things like that. Um, he owns the property, like that's his restaurant. Um, it's in Troutdale, Oregon, just outside of Portland. So it was kind of a fun find, like, it definitely wasn't at the top of like the knot or like any of the first venues we toured. Um, So it's kind of like a hidden gem that we found. So how did you find it? Really, really deep in wedding wire. Um, So the wedding venue tour process was like kind of a long one for us. I think that we probably spent two months like kind of touring venues which sounds like a lot like it wasn't every weekend but we would kind of maybe spend a Saturday and go to two different venues and then maybe like take a week or two off and like look at some things online um and We kind of just kept running into, I don't know if it's like an organ thing, but there were some venues that we would get there and like it would be in budget. And then when we got to talking with them, we actually couldn't afford like the food and beverage minimum, um, or we loved the entire venue, but then we realized there wasn't like a getting ready space. Um, and we were also touring in that weird time, like for a 2022 wedding, um, it was the beginning of 2021. A lot of people like coming out of COVID had understandably like changed their contracts. And like from the couple's side, it was getting like kind of risky where you kind of like have to ask like, hey, what happens if we do have to postpone our wedding? And I think it was about 50-50. We were seeing some venues say like, oh, like you kind of just lose the money. Like we don't have like anything to offer um, because maybe they lost money in 2020 or something. And then the other people like kind of had different types of rules of like here's what we could do so that was also something that kind of stopped us from booking a couple venues um but it was like i think maybe we would have booked another one that we were looking at um and i got like probably four or five pages deep in um wedding wire and had like messaged a few venues by that point um to ask them all these questions that we were learning to ask from all the places that we had already toured um and the venue manager there was one of the ones who responded and was like able to answer a lot over
0: message before we went and had a tour That's so interesting. Okay. So what I'm hearing from what you just said is, one, it took you a ton of time to go through and find this place. Yes. Um, We would have been saved if we had a full service planner, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, and again, that's another expense, which I, if you can bring in a planner, I always recommend bringing in a planner. It just makes everything a lot easier for your entire team Um, and it makes everything run on time. That is not in everyone's budget, and I do understand that. Um, <laughs> and I didn't get a full service planner either. We had a month of planner. Um, but um, so you're also saying, you know, that it, there wasn't a lot of transparency that you could find on websites, which is an interesting thing to think about from the vendor point of view, that there are a lot of those questions um, and that people, you know, and and also, having you come in to answer them in person, which feels very salesy and kind of old school, like 80s, 90s.
1: It is. Yeah. So like I work with wedding vendors too, day to day. And that's one of the reasons why I mentioned full service planners, because I work with a ton of wedding planners and like totally value their work. Like we had a day of coordinator, I guess it was more like month of, I think she helped with a lot, honestly, like she practically helped with like some full service things too. But Um, I think it's super valuable, but yeah, sometimes you just have to like figure out where to spend your money if you don't have a lot of money to put towards your wedding. Um, So it's totally worth the cost. But yeah, I think out of all the vendors, I noticed that the most with venues of not having enough like inclusive information on the website and then pretty much like photographers and planners like don't really force you to like come and meet with them in person to like get pricing or anything like that. So I think it's a little easier to jump on a zoom call and chat about that. But usually I think since you want to see the venue in person, it is like a time suck to kind of make it out there and like not get all of the full information until you're there. Um, yeah. That's one thing we noticed about um, websites was like just either not seeing the venue fee at all. So in that case, we usually would just reach out online or like via email or something and ask like, hey, what is the cost to rent this for the day or the weekend or whatever? Um, but down to like some venues, once we would get there for a tour, it wasn't super common. I think it was only one or two that we toured, but it was down to like, A napkin is $5 and a tablecloth is $15 and those aren't included in the venue cost. So I had this like huge spreadsheet. I'm a very analytical person. So there was like a spreadsheet to like actually compare like I think it was our three favorite venues including the one that we booked and like actually look at like based on our guest count and everything like how much are these venues actually going to cost and it was like a lot of math to actually get down to the total number for
0: some of these Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so this leads me into a question that I'm totally jumping ahead on, but that I have for you. So what tips do you have for people who are budget conscious, um, which is a lot of us out there. I mean, I'm budget conscious. Um, Then – what tips do you have other than making a spreadsheet? <laughs> Which is actually a very good tip. Um, I I also made a wedding spreadsheet. Yeah, you called me out because that was
1: going to be my first tip is to make a spreadsheet. And like I had different spreadsheets, so it wasn't going to be about this venue comparison one. Um, it doesn't have to be a spreadsheet. So like I'll just cheat and say that like it can just be like, a list or a sticky note, but I would say I actually got this from somewhere else. So I don't even remember where I can give credit to, but like somewhere in the wedding planning process, like on YouTube or something, I think I heard a wedding planner say like list your five top things um, about your wedding that you care about. Also including your honeymoon, like if you really wanna go somewhere nice for your honeymoon or like far away, like include that in the top five. Um, And then I guess technically like also include like wedding rings, like obviously you're probably past the engagement ring phase when you're doing this. But if you want to be able to spend a lot of money on your wedding bands, like include that in the top five. And then um, include five things that you could give or take, like maybe you do care about it, but it's not going to like break the experience if you don't have it as part of your day. And then five things that you could care less about that you just like maybe think is dumb or like you never really cared about it anyway. Um, So I would say I kind of looked up like Pinterest budget sheets to see like everything that was included in what people were doing, like um, everything from like catering to photography to like dress sizes and like things like that. And then kind of made a list factored on like all of these things that people pay for, um, including like favors and cake, um, like after – party snacks and things like that. And we just kind of looked at like, what do we actually care about and what can we toss out based on that?
0: That's really smart. Um Especially, you know, like there there were a lot of things that I cared about that I felt like were not necessarily most people's priorities. And there were a lot of things I didn't care at all about Um, that I feel like everyone said, this is something you have to think about. This is like, you know, you have to have your cousins there, I'm you know you have to have like whatever, and i you don't really have to do anything, yeah, <laughs> other than you know be there and say some sort of commitment
1: <laughs> yeah, um, if you ever are like bored and want like a really interesting part of the internet to look at, like the wedding wire forum is a really interesting kind of like examination of what people care about in weddings because I think there's like. I know it's at least US-based, but maybe people from all over the world kind of comment in there about what they care about. Like everything from like super budget-friendly brides or like people like who have like $500 to spend to like people who are barely doing anything themselves in their wedding because they have the budget to like outsource a lot of it. Um, And it's like really interesting what people care about. Like you'll also see based on like geographical areas because I think you and I have talked about but like open bar isn't as much of a thing on the West Coast. Like it definitely is popular and like I think everyone probably would love an open bar if they can afford it but it's not as much of a societal expectation as it is like in some cities on the east coast um so I think that was one thing like in that forum that I noticed where some people would like really be wanting to limit it to just like beer and wine and others would like comment almost in a cyber bullying way of like how that isn't cool. And like, how could you do that to your guests? <laughs> um, same thing with like florals and photography and
0: designer dresses and everything. Like everyone has such an opinion on those. I know. And that's one of the hard things, like screening other people's opinions, I think, was one of my biggest stressors for wedding planning. I, did you have that same kind of experience in the have-tos, but like specifically the ones coming from like the people you love the most were the hardest yeah. to deal with?
1: Yeah, I think like it definitely was. We like for better or worse, like kind of had the shield of we were spending. We were probably paying for about 85% of the wedding ourselves, if not more. So I think that was an easy thing to kind of be like, okay, well, we're paying for it. So we get the final say and we were also doing most of the planning. Um, But we also had a different factor of like both of our sets of parents are divorced. So I think that sometimes changes the dynamic of like what people care about. Um, But yeah, definitely – like also screening like what's actually important to those people because sometimes it feels like people make recommendations on a wedding just based on what they kind of think or know of about weddings but it's not actually something that they would even do themselves on their own wedding day Um so it's kind of interesting fielding those too like for example like your mom might say that she cares about something and it could be because she really values that or it could just be because she heard that her cousin's sister did that at their wedding. And it's not something that she actually values.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Or like they that was something they saw happen at someone's wedding in like the eighties or the seventies or whatever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but-
1: Yeah. I think the biggest takeaway is like also another tip when you start is like take a seat with the people who are helping you pay for the wedding and maybe get those conversations out early before you get really emotionally attached to things during the process. Um, So kind of talk about like what matters most to the people who are paying for it. That way you can keep it in mind and kind of make compromises where needed. Like, I think the natural part of me wants to say, like, just go with your own gut, like, and you're the one that gets to make all the decisions. But I realize sometimes those things change when you do have, like, parents or someone else paying for the wedding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that when you have, like, an investor. Um. Yeah. (laughs) It really is a business, isn't it? (laughs) It really – Honestly, I feel like I spent more time wedding planning than I did, like, on business things during that time. It was just so much work. It's, like, a full-time job.
1: It is, yeah. I don't know honestly how we would have done it um, if I had a full time job at the time, because most of our wedding planning happened like after I was out of my full time job and in my business. And there were just some things like I remember looking for a hair and makeup artist and having to spend like three or four hours one day, like looking at different ones and contacting them and um, having a call. For some reason, it was very hard for me to actually get a hold of makeup artists, like. I would jump – I jumped on one call and she didn't even show up but then like texted me like 30 minutes later that she was free then and I was like, okay, well, now I have a client call so I need to move on Um, and that was like just in the middle of one afternoon. I'm like, this wouldn't have been acceptable at a nine to five.
0: (laughs) Um, It's funny you say that. A lot of my friends who are hair and makeup artists are not particularly tech people like they're the kind of people who text you, not email, and yeah, like they'll text you in response to your email.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes sense. Like when you're so busy, like working with someone in a chair, like I guess you're not at a computer as much as some of the other vendors. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was another one. I think maybe along with venues, sometimes there's hidden costs in um, hair and makeup artistry that, like, the regular, typical, like couple that's planning a wedding wouldn't know about. Um, so that was something that I learned to ask too. Like, I feel like it was kind of trial and error of like with each type of vendor exploring like what the industry looks like a little bit. And then, then once we got things down, like for example, for venues, like there's usually the venue fee, food and beverage minimum, if they do their own catering, um, like extra hours cost, if you need those, um, I was trying to think what else, like rentals since some of them required you to rent chairs and tables in addition. So I started to kind of ask those questions like the nitty gritty and I probably sounded really annoying to some people, <laughs> but I think it's good to just have that transparently out there first before spending the money and being upset
0: later. I agree. I mean, I would rather have those conversations in advance because otherwise if you're upset with me as we get closer to the wedding, that's awful for both of us. Yes. <laughs> and like, it makes the whole experience for me uncomfortable and and not good. Like, I'm a very, like, let's talk about all of it. um, And just like lay it out so that you know what to expect. Um, But yeah, it is, it's tough because there's not like a standard and it's hard to screen it.
1: Yeah, it is. And yeah, every wedding day is different too. So it's hard to get those answers sometimes. Like I feel like some – depending on where you live, you kind of learn a formula. Like I noticed a lot of photographers, I live in Portland, Oregon. So a lot of photographers in our area, like tend to shoot for about like six to eight hours and venues will service for about like five to six hours. And then after that you have to pay more for extra time. Um, but some other places would be vastly different too. Like we ran into some venues where they book two weddings a day, um, or some photographers, sometimes maybe newer photographers, I think they'll just like shoot all day and they're like, yeah, I don't care. Like I'll just like shoot all day for this price. (laughs) Um, and then others who like have different kinds of ways of working or like they require an engagement shoot and things like that. So, um, it was interesting to explore all of that for sure. And I, that would be one of my tips is like kind of get to know the industry a little bit, like do some research. Um, if you do have a full service planner, obviously you can rely on them more and ask, Questions about that, but like understand the norm. I think before getting quotes from people, um, that way you can actually compare because someone might appear way cheaper than another vendor, but it's because they actually aren't delivering as much um, or other things like that.
0: That's yeah, that's a that's a good point too. Um, okay, so for your budget on your wedding, what were your top things that were non-negotiables?
1: Yeah, photography and videography, um, and the videography one was one of those topics that came up on Wedding Wire too. Not to like keep mentioning it, but some people don't care about video at all. I realize, and I thought everyone did before I went into wedding planning. I'm like, why would anyone not want a wedding video? Um, <laughs> so that was always like uh, non-negotiable for me because um, I kind of grew up like with YouTube and watching wedding videos and always like really wanted that. Um, So those two things were things that we had to have and it reflected in our budget. Like I want to say it was like 25 to 30% of our budget went towards photography and videography, um, which was not what Pinterest shows when you like look up like a budget tracker for weddings. Like I think they recommend that that total cost make up like 10% of your wedding, um, which based on our area and our total budget just didn't really make sense. Like um, usually a photographer around here is like three to five K and kind of same with a videographer. So um, I would say like the typical couple probably isn't spending like a hundred thousand dollars on their wedding in the Portland area. Um, So that was something that we kind of had to examine and realize that wasn't going to look like the recommended budget.
0: That's a really good point because a lot of those numbers, when they give you like the outline of it, and then you actually start to break it down because your priorities are all different when you're, you know, like some people really prioritize the food, some people really prioritize. I mean, it just depends on what matters to you as a couple, which I know is, was a huge thing for you, which is why I was curious what you, and now I'm, now I'm interrupting your, Oh no! <laughs> what were your top five things? Oh,
1: top five. Okay. Yeah. So photo and video and then food was definitely one because we wanted everyone to have a good experience with that. Um, and then DJ, um, I think also bands, this could also be my total like personal bias. I don't think bands are as popular in our area. So We didn't even really look at bands like they were kind of an option with some of the vendors, but we wanted to spend a good amount on a DJ to have that just be easy Um, and venue too. I would say like we didn't want to do the whole DIY venue thing because after exploring a couple options like there were some beautiful places, but we were like we don't want to mess with getting chairs and tables delivered and like having to bring in speakers and all of these kinds of things. So yeah, um, venue, catering, DJ, photography, and videography, I think were the top five things that we spent money on.
0: That makes – I could see that for you. I'm sure your wedding was absolutely amazing. Were you very happy with the choices that you made?
1: yeah we were like i think that ultimately like you always kind of wish that you had a bigger budget like if we could have like spent more money and not had it affect like our other goals like i definitely would have invested more like um i think the two things i would have loved to invest more in was florals and cake um and those are two things like i totally value especially like working with the wedding industry like i love florists and what they do and i love bakeries um we just like couldn't necessarily factor in as much of the cost as we wanted to um So in the long run, we were like, okay, the photos and video are what we will have, so we'll spend a little bit more money on those. Yeah, I totally
0: could see that. Yeah, I dress
1: no yeah. too. I mean, like I like as much as people don't want to, like who doesn't want to just like spend all the money on like a beautiful dress? I think that I would have loved to spend more money. I ended up buying mine at the Holden, um, but there were definitely a few local shops that I looked at, and there were some dresses that would probably be. Probably like double or triple what I ended up spending. Um, So that would have been nice too. Like in an ideal world, if we had
0: all the money, we would have done that. (laughs) I know. Or if it was just like gifted to you by – (laughs) Yeah. If you won one of those like free weddings that actually doesn't have any catches. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what in life doesn't have catches? (laughs) I know. It's like those free honeymoons at the bridal shows where it ends up being
1: that they want you to come to a timeshare presentation in order to get like your free three nights in Mexico.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, is that what it is? We had that happen. Oh my gosh. I can't yeah. even imagine. I did go to a bridal
1: show and I don't think it was super helpful at that point because we had booked most of our vendors, but I won. we won a free honeymoon and so I was so excited and it ended up being they wanted us to come um, I think like the next week to like a conference room at a hotel and listen to this timeshare presentation and all in all, like, I think we won three nights at like the Marriott or Hilton or something and we could choose between like Mexico and Jamaica and Hawaii or something like that. But it was like, okay, three nights in any of those destinations, we're definitely going to have to add on more time Um, and who knows like how this timeshare kind of presentation thing will go. So we just decided not to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, that feels like you would have gotten the timeshare thing free anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so that was an interesting experience. But yeah, I guess that, that was one of those things that kind of had a catch, it felt like.
0: <laughs> yeah, This sorry, not to interrupt our discussion, but my husband just slipped in the background and stole our talk, <laughs> And just like walks out with him like a football. <laughs> like, I don't know how you did start laughing when you saw that. <laughs> just, I wasn't sure if you were going to try to cut it out, but we're going live with this. <laughs> You know, it's we're we're about real life here at the West.
1: I love it. <laughs> Which, by the way, I just noticed like the little gold T Rex in your background. So <laughs> for anyone who's like not watching visually, Sarah has the best little decorations.
0: Oh, and it's a pot, for, like, for <laughs> or a <laughs> pot. <laughs> He's a succulent holder. That's so cute. Multifunctional. <laughs> I made him at a networking event. That's um, amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, do you have any final tips for couples who are planning a wedding who are really hoping to be debt-free but also to honor their unique relationship and what they want to um, you know, prioritize and and have like the special day that they want to have?
1: Yeah, I would say just like look at your budget first, which sounds simple. I think a lot of planners recommend that, but a lot of people don't listen to it because you kind of get caught up in the glitz and glamour so it's I
0: not fun that, to yeah. budget
1: <laughs> yeah Take a look at what you actually have and what you think you can save like leading up to when final payments will be due and then if you do have flexibility too, like maybe think about like pushing out your wedding day or like otherwise making like some sacrifices to make the budget work um, actually another thing too that we did which maybe isn't like the best advice for some people kind of depends on your personal preference. But we opened up like a couple of those credit cards that had like 0% interest for a year. And then we put like some of those big payments, like our 50% um, payment for our photographer and like our venue deposit and everything like that. Um, We put them like on the credit card and then a lot of them have a bonus. So like maybe if you spend like $2,000 in the first three months, they'll give you $500 back or something like that. So that – Four points. Yeah. So that definitely helped. I think we probably got maybe $1500 back or something based on doing that. Um and that also depends on your situation. Like I had good credit and was able to do that and we we tend to be really good with credit. So I wouldn't recommend that if you like aren't going to be paying it off right away. Yeah. Um, that's an option too. Like think about ways that you could get cash back um and just think about like how to cash flow it. Um, that way you're doing
0: what makes you most comfortable and like you're not setting yourself up for failure down the road. That makes total sense. I also – we did very similar things. We tend to do that in general. Um But again, you have to pay it off. You like set a reminder, like whatever it is that is giving you grace or or like some sort of really awesome bonus comes at a super high price if you miss that date. So put an alert in your calendar or however it is. Yes. (laughs) Do not let that run off because you will have so many problems.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, So definitely like look at the budget first um, and realize, I mean, unless you're working with something really small, like realize you can probably make most things work within your budget. It's just going to look different. Like you could, um, have a really nice photographer and a really nice videographer, and maybe you cut your guest list more in order to like be able to afford that. Or, um, maybe you end up like DIYing something. Um, one thing I learned throughout the process too, and I think that people learn this, but like, just think about the time cost too, when you're factoring in, like, especially with like things like decor and florals and cake and like cooking. I know some people cook their own dinner for their wedding too. Um, Like think about if that's going to be worth the time and like emotional labor and then kind of do some math on that and just think, can you actually just save more money to outsource
0: those things instead? Yeah, I agree, especially if it's up against the like wedding date itself because those last two weeks before your wedding are insanely busy with things you'd never imagined would come up. And it's always so much more than you think, even when you're really prepared. And I think I was very prepared. Um, but I still like did not sleep for the two weeks before my wedding because it was so much stuff that I had to get done.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Like, um, and there were things that we DIY'd like flowers. But one of my non-negotiables was like I wasn't going to be doing like floral arrangements the night before my wedding. So we ended up doing like it breaks my heart because I love florists so much. But we didn't I know. fresh flowers. We did like silk flowers um, from Ling's moment. They sell like foam and silk flowers. So we still spent like a decent chunk on that. Um, not as much as like a local florist, which always go with a local florist if you can. Um, I want to like promote that, but, um, I was not going to be buying fresh flowers and arranging those myself the night before the wedding, because that just sounded too stressful. So we got those done like three months in advance and like had those ready to go. So that's an example, or like if you're going to DIY your cake or something like don't DIY your cake, maybe just find a way to do it for cheaper. Um, And then, like, figure out – or, like, even, like, think about non-traditional desserts. That's a huge thing. Like, if you still want to support a local baker and get a really nice cake, um, think about maybe supplementing with, like, candy or cake pops or
0: something. I love that. Those are all really good tips. I could talk all day about it. (laughs) We could talk all day together, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining me on The Wedding Dish today. Where can our people find you online? Yeah. um, So you can find my
1: business, Emily Foster Creative. You can find my website at emilyfostercreative.com. And then kind of redundant, but basically every social channel is going to be Emily Foster Creative. So um, Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram, you can find me there. Um, And I offer a lot of tips, especially for wedding vendors on your branding and website. Um, And sometimes talk about my own wedding there too. So I'm excited to connect there.
0: Yay. I highly recommend you reach out. Obviously, I absolutely adore Emily and I think you all will too. Um, So make sure you reach out to her and check her out online. Um, And you can find us online at The Wedding Dish Podcast and you can get all of our – we will tag her in all of our promotion and you'll be able to find our show notes at theweddingdishpodcast.com where we will link out and we will link to Emily in our description of this episode too. So easy peasy. You can find her right there. And um, don't forget to tune in next week. I have another amazing guest coming on. Give us a follow, rate, and review. It really helps us get new listeners. And until next time, Emily, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Cheers, everybody.